President Zelensky has changed the international calculations among the, among the, let me read that again. Uh, uh, I mean, look at it. Look, this is your answer. Yeah. Uh, nobody was analyzing the coming war in Ukraine. Imagine that the personal bravery of the Ukrainian president and his emotives calls for sovereignty and democracy could alter the calculation of foreign ministers, bank directors, business executives, and thousands of ordinary people. So I that's mean, her that's her argument against this realist notion that there is no enemies or friends, there is just interests. Okay, and I mean, A, it doesn't go against that. I don't get it. Uh, yeah, B, I think it's B, exactly. I don't understand the whole, why is, he, why is she focusing so much on the Ukrainian president and his emotive calls? No, I mean, people saw that there was more of a war going on. So that's what changed the minds of thousands of ordinary people. <laughs> I don't understand this kind of like fixation on the Ukrainian president and, and there. But by the I mean, way, has anyway, it, that's just... By the way, has it changed it? Because everybody I watched on BBC Persia was a good uh, analyst. Everybody I watched on a lot of other people who was a good analyst. Nobody I've seen except some idiots like <coughs> Caleb, Caleb Moffin, <coughs> <coughs> except those. Everybody's like, what Russia has done is not justified, but you can't see it as an action happening in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. This is not some, this is like, like a dad coming home and suddenly beating the shit out of his kid. There has been a circumstance, well, there has been a that, situation. Yeah. And, and by the way, I'm not one of these hippie-dp people who is always anti-war and stuff. But there is, at the moment, I do not have enough information. And I think whoever who says they do, I do not have enough information to say that Russia, they, they had to make the choice of war. Okay? Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But I, there is no, how mm. can you verify? It's way too early. Anybody who's done any, who's read anything about history knows it's way too early, right? So uh, it's just, yeah, I mean. And, yeah, and sorry, can, I, can I comment on the last sentence here? Because this yeah, is sure like, though. is this like misinformation? Like, I don't see why this is correct. Few imagine that the Russian president sinister television appearances and brutal orders could alter in just a few days international perceptions of russia i mean as far as i've been around russia has been i know that it became because of this maybe it was accentuated a bit maybe it was heightened the perception but you know russia was not seen as uh, costa rica until like two weeks ago so i mean sorry but costa rica (laughs) wasn't seen that great either but no yeah you're right Sure, it got heightened a bit. Yeah, more I, people, look, but like Russia's in mainstream I mean, media and the but, world that these people live in and there are people who watch their stuff. Um, Russia has always been this horrific place. Putin has always been this horrific person. Russia is the state. So I don't even... I, I like to add to that because as a lot of people on the left love to always go on about Islamophobia, Islamophobia, which I think is complete bullshit. I genuinely believe it's complete bullshit. But you're going to have to elaborate on that. You can't just throw that out there. No? Okay. All right. Islam is not a... It's not something you're born. Islam is a... Okay, look. For I'm not arguing for some rural person in like Pakistan. It's a choice. But for like majority... If you live in a city or a stuff and if you're brown, Islam is a choice. It's 
like yeah but islamophobia you, you, just refers simply to hating on people that you perceive to be from a muslim country or that they're they're muslim that's what islamophobia is so i think like you, you read if you read into these terms too much that's the, it's because they're based on nothing just like racism if you read into it okay, too much colloquially, it falls apart. colloquially if you mean brown people that come from islamic countries whatever okay fair enough but what i mean is that it's if you're muslim it's a ideology it's a choice it's not like yeah but i mean it's not for isn't that like difference i wanted to make was that they, they in the same in the same era where every liberal was like oh islamophobia oh the muslims are that and stuff like in every fucking movie russians are presented russians and being a russian is not an ideology it's a linguistic background pretty much or a nationalistic background right you're born russian Every Russian is presented as this gangster or a uh, human trafficker mm. or a assassinator of the president. I mean, I'm sorry, but it's ridiculous. Like, uh, like Iran. I'm sorry, but a lot of. I mean, by the way, again, I think three hundred, for example, disgusting piece of shit of a propaganda movie. Uh, a lot of other Islamophobia, home homeland, that mm. piece of shit TV show shown Lebanon as if it's a third world country uh, but but Russians have had it far worse far worse and not because of even their ideology because of how they're born or because of the language they speak it's it's a different yeah, level but I mean it's Islamophobia is also considered the same like for instance I've been born and raised um, <laughs> agnostic and all this right but I yeah. could still be the victim of quote-unquote islamophobia if it's someone, not islamophobia it's not but islamophobia that's the term. it's not whatever like so what would you call term. that well it's a wrong term i'm yeah, sorry but i mean it's referring to when you think it's it's referring to people who think that you know because you're brown or whatever from this place it's just that's about that problem. it's not yeah but that's, i mean that's no, what you it's shouldn't referring participate to. in there but that's what it's referring to but okay though. let's say in post post 9 11 right in the u.s where people okay. of Arab and Muslim background, right? So, where they so, receive no, no, wait, heightened wait, wait. discrimination. What would you call that? By random people, but... Anti-Semitism. No, because but... anti-Semitism refers to discrimination against Arabs as well as Jewish people. Not, not, in, not in mainstream world, people don't understand it no, that it way. Does. Putting that, I'm so, no, it I don't give a shit about Fox News and CNN. No, I'm not talking about Fox News. I'm talking about average person if you find them on the street. Yeah, I don't care about the average person. But I'm saying that's the understanding. But it makes no difference kind of what is called, whether you call it Islamophobia or anti-Middle Eastern. No, it does. It's referring it does to the matter. same it phenomenon. Does it does matter a lot because, for example, I, I never really... Maybe once mildly, I have faced a slight sort of racism. Yeah, but right? like eighty percent. eighty percent of your life, you were in like the country where you were born and raised. So you're not going to receive. No, not you have really, that no, much actually, racism. No, it's actually I haven't. Huh? As you know, no, eighty no. or seventy-five percent of your life. No, you have. no, yes, yeah. <laughs> no. I know you're not saw, too good at math. I can do the calculations right here while you're talking. Okay, I don't know. So, okay, yeah, <laughs> fair enough. No, now, okay. From, six, from, from nine, from nine summer schools 60, abroad. So. 60% of your life you were, based on my sure, sure. back-end but, 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 but I had to go through 
Okay, but I had to go through a lot of customs. But I'm not and, saying it's way, rampant and it's everywhere. No, no, wait, I didn't wait, face wait. any Islamophobia in Toronto and exactly. Montreal either. No, no, I'm no. not saying it's everywhere anything like that. That's not what I was saying. I, by the way, I faced more discrimination in Dubai than I ever yeah, because did there's, there are any European. millions kinds of discrimination. And Dubai is just a fascinating case of discrimination. Discrimination, yeah. <laughs> between all kinds. I mean, like it's just never ending. <laughs> okay, I lost my... Oh, my point oh, an Islamophobia. Is, my, wait, wait. No, no. My point is <laughs> when you use the word Islamophobia, you are reducing a form of racism to a form of discrimination based on ideology. And frankly, as somebody who is not a Muslim, I do believe in some, ex- to, in some circumstances, in like political situation and stuff, there may be cases made for discrimination based on religious or political beliefs, okay, right? But I don't think discrimination based on color of a skin, ethnicity, language, language, I mean, if you wanna become a citizen of country, I think you should learn the language of that country. But I think that's a different thing than Islamophobia. Islam is ideology, it's not a background. I I, listen, when you break it down, I completely understand what you're saying. Although I don't see too much of the problem and I understand and I know what people are referring to. And I would just like to add one more point though. A lot more people who are from Middle Eastern background, whether they're super religious or not, still consider themselves um, Muslim much more than people perhaps do in Iran and, and other countries. So Islam is, I think, a bit more interconnected to like Middle Eastern backgrounds and stuff than, than you're giving it credit to. Like, for instance, let's talk about when, we, when, when I moved to Dubai. That's where I saw most people that I knew, they identified, a lot of them identified much more being Muslim as they did in iran so in other in other situations sure, but islam so, is actually even more connected but i understand your no but that's, um, that's what i mean it's ideology it's a choice it's not a like you can't like being an arab goes back to your linguistic uh, background or right? i'm not saying it's not a social construct it is a social construct but it's not a choice it's something you're born into a family of arab people iranian people spanish people whatever right but islam I'm not again. I'm not talking about the lowest levels of society where they are forced into accepting your religion. But for a middle class person, Islam is a choice. So yeah, Islamo, sure, but, like yeah. Islamophobia, is kind of uh, sometimes maybe I don't know. But but you can say racism against brown people or against Syrian people. Middle Eastern, but, yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, okay. Fine. I mean, like, why muddy the water with this fucking idea? Well, I mean, this that, term came that around. A lot of, that a lot of people in Middle East ha- are against. Yeah. I mean, it's just the term, I guess. And the term was probably introduced by um, who knows what and from which side. But I mean, it's just a term that people have ran with. And I'm not okay with any term it's just because it exists and people know what they're referring to it for it being okay. But I think most people know um, what is being referred to when you talk about. Islamophobia, yeah, and you're right. It yes, but probably has nothing it, to do. It causes huge misunderstandings as well. I think it does cause this understanding that like everybody in Middle East is a Muslim, like you know that are like. I'm, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I give you that. I mean, definitely, it's um, not the most nuanced, or you're right, accurately representing it. But with these kind of terms, though, because it's based on such flimsy things, also that like reading too much into it it's like 
you know, just, yeah, like racism, I told you, like, I'll consider, like, you know, two people from, like, the same country and stuff can be, like, racist towards it's, each other. Yeah, something yeah, because yeah, it yeah. is so nonsensical that you can... It is the most nonsense. Yeah it's, yeah, it's hate, though, but, I mean, I guess it's, like, a term that we use in these ways and we... And that's why that I want understand. to differentiate it. No, but that's why it's such a nonsense that I think it should be differentiated from, uh, from hating Islam. Because I do think there is reasonable grounds to hate Islam, hate Christianity, hate Judaism. These are ideologies. These are not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't think you, like, like, if you think brown people are any different or any less than white people, you are a disgusting piece of shit, in my view. But if you think Islam or Islamic ideology is any less than agnostic or atheistic ideology, well, I kind of agree with you. So that's why I hate this term Islamophobia, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah. But yeah, but I'm saying it's not like, yeah, but I'm, I get it when you break it down like this. And I mean, I guess like, it's like academic, well, like the, 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 the discussion that we're having, but yeah. So I get what you're saying. This is not. This video is not gonna go viral. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But okay, All let's right. continue with uh, uh, this article. Yeah. Let me just read one more. A couple of. Okay. I'm just gonna just three paragraphs. I'm gonna jump through. The EU has not only announced harsh sanctions on Russian banks and companies and individuals, sanctions that will also affect Europeans, but has also offered 500 millions of military aid to Ukraine. Individual European states such as France and Finland are sending weapons as well and applying their own sanctions. Their friends say they are drawing up a list of Russian oligarchs' assets, including luxury cars and yachts, in order to seize them. Man, can you just stop there for a split second, though? Because we didn't sure, comment sure. on this. Just the fact that, you know, I don't give a fuck about Russian <laughs> oligarchs whatsoever. But just imagine with after the Iraq war, if it was possible and like American billionaires' assets were being seized by, of course, they can't be seized because who is going to go seize them? But I, I can't believe that this isn't even up for discussion uh, that the fact I must like, say, man guardian you should read there was a guardian i mean the uh, what's his name abramovich guy the guy yeah, who owns chelsea, chelsea he's yeah. selling his uh, stuff on chelsea he's donating all the money to the people all who the are, net money he's saying yeah or, or like whatever yeah, to the means, people yeah. who've been hurt by the war yeah. and then guardian wrote an article not all the money is going to the Ukrainian victims. <laughs> Some of it might go to the victims of the separated forces. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. oh so they're not God. human? They're not human? Just say it. No, no, they're not human. Even if, let's say, even if they disagree with you, even if they, let's say, have the wrong idea of what is national identity and all that, even if they're racist, they're not human. Yeah. They don't deserve any you know help they don't deserve any charity according to guardian i thought that was the whole point of international law based on what i hear and left no, and no. right that no, no. you know civilians doesn't matter about... which side they're on i, I thought that no, was no. like the main <laughs> center no, no. point of international law is about a couple of uh, guardian columnists getting to write some bullshit oh. you know surrounding it let me read this another paragraph in this conversation, he's talking about the conversation between U.S., Russia, NATO. Mm. In this conversation, Ukraine was, as the political scientist John Mersheimer put it in 2014, nothing more than a buffer state of enormous strategic importance to Russia. 
But the Ukrainians have now put themselves at the heart of the story and they know it. <laughs> I, I mean, exactly. That, so I can't really comment. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, people like Anne Applebaum are willing to, you know, be as courageous with words as possible when only Ukrainian lives are at stake, you know. Not American. Man, I really just hope her that, own life. I just really hope that the way that a lot of segments of life have humanized Ukrainians and like I'm really thankful. I just help I just hope that this like you know persists after the Russia Ukraine being over. Because for the life of me, I can't remember perception towards Ukrainians and Eastern Europeans being this positive as they should be. So I just hope if something good comes out that Ukrainians and then other Eastern Europeans continue to be considered in such good ways as we go forward because that this could be a positive development that comes out but i had no idea i mean i had no I idea it. eastern Europe let, and let, ukrainians okay. were so beloved by western nations yeah now it's good, so it's good to know now and it's are. good and i hope it stays i'm not being sarcastic yeah, or anything. i i am somewhat but <laughs> let me read a couple of more par- just two more paragraphs Right now, many Russians don't even realize what is happening in Ukraine. State television has not yet admitted that the Russian military has attacked Kiev and with rockets, bombed the Holocaust Memorial, or destroyed parts of the central Kharkiv and Mariupol. By the way, you're talking about the, you know, Kiev, the, the Holocaust mo- Memorial that was protected by uh, by a bunch of fucking neo-nazi anti-jewish assholes who would go around and he- beat up jews or gypsies is that what you're talking about because i think it's a good idea to read upon <laughs> about the government you're protecting but yeah the russian people don't realize i think <laughs> you don't realize yeah. i think russian people are some of the most uh, in fact and- educated and they have some of the best access to both western and eastern media so Sam, i mean the arrogance on this Sam, lady. i thought that the russian people are protesting the war in ukraine and they're opposing it no those are the good russian people oh. there is also this significant number of bad russian people who, who don't know, don't know anything about anything <laughs> they are brainwashed by the uh, putin they can't have a nuanced view they can't be not like pro pro putin or pro pro west they you know or just they mixed don't exist. all over the place as we've no, said they, that they don't exist people, they yeah. don't exist Kamiar. <laughs> stop saying this fiction it's like unicorns okay <laughs> russian people are either gangsters who traffic ladies or underage yeah. girls for putin or they are freedom fighters who are fighting <laughs> for the independence of ukraine and georgia <laughs> that's the only two groups we have yeah. all right so stop asking fucking questions. Yeah. But anyway, this was a disgusting, typical puff piece by Atlantic. I just wanted to point out. And before we move on from Russia, I also wanted to focus on the cultural war that is going on. I don't know if you've heard, but Russia has been hit by a number of... Should I... I, I want to uh, sort of center this around the article again by the Atlantic. Please. But I don't know if you if you notice that Russia has been culturally isolated. Well, you know what I'm talking about? No, 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 go ahead. <laughs> oh, let me read this article. 
it's it's dark man it's dark i don't know i i believe this is this is what keeps Putin awake at night you know he's anyways it's it's i i don't even want to read about it it's so dark after reading about war and all that this is just why the culture of boycott of russia matters Oh. excluding Russia from the sports and art oh boards over its war against Ukrainian threatens Putin's image. In a way, economic and political sanctions can... <coughs> political and... <coughs> In a way, economic and political sanctions cannot. By Yasmin uh, Serhan. Oh, yeah, I'm name. sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, Yasmin, Yasmin has done a great article. Let's, <laughs> let's read this. So... Economic sanctions and political sanctions are not as powerful as as boycotting Russia from a fucking dance competition. That's the that's the theme of the article. Let's read. Russia is isolated. In the week since Vladimir Putin launched his invasion of neighboring Ukraine, the country has been ostracized, not just diplomatically, even by some of Moscow's closest allies. And economically, international sanctions have made the rubble worth less than a penny which is by the way penny right now doesn't worth shit <laughs> so i don't know what like they keep saying worse like i know this is a, you know it's a turn it's a phrase it's a it's a, it's a speech yeah uh, thing but still like yeah penny doesn't like it's yeah anyway fuck <laughs> you uh but but culturally too oh culture culture wars Russia's national and club soccer team have been banned from international matches and tournaments, including the 2022 World Cup qualifiers, the International Olympic Committee, as well as the several individual sports governing bodies have followed suit. The Champions League final due to be played in St. Petersburg in May has been moved to Paris, while the Formula One Grand Prix set to take place in Sushi in September has been scrapped. Beyond the words of a, beyond the words of a sport, <laughs> Russia has been dis, in, invited from this year's Eurovision Song Contest. Oh my God! This, by the personally, this broke my heart. Man. As an ABBA fan, I feel like I mean, I'm sure. Putin is crying in front. Just let me finish the paragraph. And won't receive new film releases from Disney, oh. <laughs> Warner Brothers, or Sony. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Kamiar, how are you? Uh, uh, console Man, me, please. This, this athlete thing, I mean, you know, I can't believe again, they shoot. I feel like again, if I was an EU or a US advisor, I'd be like, no, these cultural bands aren't going to push on anything. And it just makes us look bad. Why do things when we have this? Why we've Not finally bad. been given makes, something? I mean, why it, do we do this? It, we've been given something. We were given this invasion and nobody saw we got this. Let's not ruin it. But no, go man. after athletes and sports. Like, I mean, then, you know, if you want to talk about imperialism and compare it to Iraq, you know, any everybody would have been against like these kind of boycotts and sanctions for american athletes i mean i think if the same thing would have happened you know it's just so what? absurd it's so absurd and and so useless and so like i must say like again like it's like they kept saying oh tony blair was the poodle of america 
EU is the people of America. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can you be such? I cannot think of any organization. Like I used to have somewhat sympathy for EU, but oh my God, fuck you. You're such pieces of shit. You're the worst of the worst, at least with Britain and US, you know where you stand. With you pieces of shit, milli mouth, wishy-wash, oh, we gonna pay cut you from the dancing competition. Go fuck you, shove it where the sun doesn't shine, you, you assholes. Like, how can you be such dicks? Like, uh, like, who do you think you are? Who the fuck do you think you are? Do you think Russian people or anybody else is like, oh my God, the dancing competition, we lost out today. Oh, ugh. Listen to this, listen to this. It's easy to see the cultural boycotts as more of a symbolic act than a serious threat to Moscow's geopolitical standing. Oh my God, no, Yasmin, no, 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 no. It's not easy. No, you're right. This is such a big damage. I'm sure Putin and everybody else is losing sleep over the fucking Eurovision Song Contest. You fucking assholes. I'm sorry, but this line, it's so easy to imagine. No, it's not. I'm sure these cultural sanctions. Oh, get over yourself, you fuck. Just because you have a couple of fucking competitions, like you do know, like nobody watches these. Oh, yeah, the Eurovision for sure. Like Eurovision contest, nobody watches. Oscars, nobody watches anymore. Golden Globe, because nobody watches, pretty much got canceled this week. Fuck off! Everybody's onto you, onto your fucking. It's your fucking. Well, you show. hope so, but... Everything about you is just a show of uh, civility. You have no civility. You're willing to allow people die of hunger and shit, and then suddenly, uh, oh, Eurovision Song Contest. Go fuck yourselves. Ugh, disgusting assholes. Yeah, I really don't know what to say. I mean. Like, oh, really? The song contest, I'm sure Putin is crying. Yeah. Uh, This is the last paragraph from the article. Quote, giving giving Russia the prestige of hosting the World Cup or Grand Prix or appearing at the Olympics does bestow a degree of respectability, which is not appropriate for its behavior (laughs) before last week, let alone now. James Nixie, the director of Russia Eurasia program at Chatham, at Chatham House, a London-based think tank, told me, quote, over time, Russia should be asking themselves, Russians should be asking themselves, why is it that their nation is being excommunicated from so many events, which other countries which do have perfect records, which don't have perfect records themselves are allowed to compete. Ah, good question because, there at the because end. Because you on. are a bunch of race, not racist, sorry, ethnocentric assholes who use anything, including the most benign and banal cultural events to, you are like, all of this helps Russians increasingly realize that they don't need to participate in these international stupid ass competitions. As I hope Iran, like, I hate the fact that Iran is still a member of OPEC or AFC. We should pull out of all of these bullshit fucking organizations and this is how they view us. They view us as a bunch of fucking, fucking low lives. 
that are oh only if you could come to the eurovision song contest <laughs> shove your contest and your sports competition up your ass you backward european provincial assholes you have uh, who the fuck are you like well, oh hold my on, god hold on. I have a, but hold on let's calm down for a split second because i don't even understand this last and course. by the way i just like to exclude british from this whole thing because <laughs> okay. they, they are they're better people but wait can you go back to looking at the article because i need you to explain this last quote to me okay well let me read Sorry. it over time russians should be asking themselves why is it that the nation is being excommunicated from so many events which other countries which don't have perfect record themselves like are allowed to compete in But wouldn't this make the Russians realize that they're being discriminated for no reason? That's like, a good I, I point. I don't get it. Do you think the don't is a mistake there? Uh, Wait, read that again. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah I know. Because if, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. if you remove the word don't, if you remove the word don't, then this quote is I, saying I, that... I really, hold on, hold on, I, hold on. Hold on. I, Let me full honesty, I didn't realize that, but I think you have noticed the contradiction that I have not noticed. Because... Yes. If the don't wasn't there, his quote would have meant that shouldn't Russia's realize, wow, why are we no, being... No. Okay. Hold on, hold on. Let me, let, me, hold on. Let, me, let me finish what I'm saying and then you can get in. Because if the word don't wasn't there, based on my understanding of this quote right now, it would mean that Russians would think, oh, wow, why, are we, why is this always happening to us? Okay, maybe we deserve it and we don't have a good government and we should change it. But the word don't makes it seem like you would realize like, hey, I'm being discriminated for no reason because others are doing the same thing. So I am completely baffled here unless you can explain. No, it. no, no. I can explain it because I think you don't, don't put have your to... head again in the hat of no, no, a liberal no. within the hat of someone else. <laughs> in <laughs> someone else's head going back to this. <laughs> I am. I am. Let's like just look at the sentence. I am a Marxist from a perspective of a Hungarian Jewish pro Stalin, <laughs> yeah. who is also illiterate. Therefore, it makes sense. <laughs> also a farmer, focusing only on meat. <laughs> yeah. No, But yeah, go no, ahead, explain it. Uh, do you have? I don't think you have. To, I mean, I didn't send you this article, but I have to look. The full art, the full sentence is why is that their nation is being excommunicated from so many events which other countries which don't have a perfect record mm-hmm. themselves are allowed to compete in. Yeah. So what he's saying is that there are other nations who do bad things, but they are not as bad as you are. So they don't have a perfect record. So? <laughs> I'm guessing, yeah, because he says don't perfect. So he says they don't have a perfect record. But you guys are so bad that, you know, like you're a whole different level. Sure, sure. That's one way of interpreting this. If I were the guy, I would have just dropped the which don't have the perfect um, record themselves. But yeah, fine. If I feel like if you were the guy, you would never like uh, <laughs> type this nonsense. But uh, because I mean, yeah, sure. Don't have perfect. So they're not perfect. I mean, yeah, I guess you managed to gymnastic this <laughs> No, I'm, I'm trying to... Yeah, no, yeah, but, no. But, but, yeah but, you're uh, right. So it's trying to say... Yeah, so the Russians think, oh my God, we are wor- the worst of the worst. So yeah, this is what yeah, he wants like, the Russians you know, to think. Like, look, even hungry, bunch of fucking racists. Or Saudis, Urban, yeah, what they're doing. Or Saudis. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, no, to, be, yeah. to be fair, by the way, the Arab world, as well as India, as well as Pakistan, they all come out neutral. Yeah. So like China, India are 
pretty much neutral, which makes it more than half of the work. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm, 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 I must say that it's just uh, the arrogance that these people have that and they had a field again, week. They like, had the know, week you, of their no, no. lives. They had the week of their lives. And it might know, continue but, but, for another week or so. Sure. But like, you know, I you read real fucking, you read Chomsky. And I'm not even a big fan of Noam Chomsky or you read a lot of other people who are, and they don't write with such a fucking, you know, self-assured smugness mm-hmm. as these assholes do. And Oh my god! And talking about r- Russian people should do this, or Russian people yeah. should feel like that. I mean, ugh, ugh. sorry. No, I'm with you there. I'm uh, I'm with you there. So I mean, and like I said in the beginning of our thing, it's just our reaction to this whole like um, war situation is mainly a reaction to how the media is covering it. Otherwise, of course, everything that's going on in Ukraine is absolutely horrendous. But these. These people in Western medias and stuff, they they just can't help themselves. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I think so. They make it. I think, yeah. Like, in, fools, just keep, fools these are, are good arguments to keep for yourself. Allow RT to be shown. Then you're like, hey, you see, we let you guys even watch RT, but yeah, maybe they don't even need that. The other day you pointed out, maybe they even got rid of RT for competition's sake. You know, they're like, let's I think it is. kick no, one more but, out too. But I mean, look, different... Yeah. groups have different reasons i'm sure government got rid of it for certain reasons but bbc and you guardian they see it as a competition so mm. yeah for sure yeah especially guardian i think yeah yeah they, they probably a guardian and rt you know probably have some viewers who who kind of you know go exactly exactly and, i uh, i think yeah. i mean to be honest i think yeah anyway guardian has lost everything too yeah Okay, Sam, what else is there to talk about on, uh, so before, on Russia, uh, finish, Ukraine? No, nothing so much on Russia, Ukraine, but uh, if you want, we, I was wondering if we can yeah, move on to another aspect of our geopolitics. Yeah, sure, let's do that. And then after that, we do quick hitters and progressive tweets. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. I forgot something about the Russia, Ukraine, the fantastic Guardian article. You should have reminded me of that. Which one? The, I mean, uh, to be f- yeah, exactly. We looked we at so it. many. No, no, we didn't. We did the racist article, but there was an article. Oh, I'm we... begging you, Hancock. Uh, yeah, go uh, ahead. Yes, I'm begging you, Hancock and the Home Front heroes. Just sit this one out. But Marina hold on, one... Hyde. Sorry, one second before you get into this, because you know, usually have a more of an American audience. Just quickly, who's Hancock in one sentence? Mr. Hancock was the was the minister for health services in the uk and then he was like he was he's the most like he's the most like bland politician no, i mean just keep of. it to like who he was and that's i know, it. I know. And then he's the most politi- bland politician. he doesn't have any beliefs or anything but what he's interesting about him is that he was he, everybody criticized him throughout the covid crisis he was he did an awful job and all that but then in the end got fired because he broke his own rules because he he made he there is a video of him and it's a pretty hot video by the way it's they do the full hand on the asshole and all that thing of he makes out with one of his uh, mist with one of his uh, advisors that is also his mistress and all that 
and he just recently tries to make a comeback mm-hmm. through a podcast or a, a YouTube channel or something. But this fa- article, besides him, it's a really well written article, fantastic. Uh, like, uh, it's just so much fun. All right. So I'm begging you, Hancock and the Home Frontiers, just sit this one out. Marina Hyde, Guardian. Chaps, <laughs> this isn't the time to be relaunching careers. This, this cruel, deadly war in Ukraine is not for your exhilaration. Amen. Yeah, amen. Let me begin this column. Loosely themed men of the home front by observing that only Matt Hancock could have the misfortune to relaunch his political career at this precise moment. Yesterday, the former health secretary made news, made news landfall with an appearance on a podcast hosted by someone from Dragon's Den. <laughs> Dragon's Den, by the way, for people oh, in the US, yeah. it's Shark Tank. Uh, sort of people come, they pitch business ideas. And, I think they also know. have Dragon's Den in, in the US and Canada on top of Shark Tank. Wait, go ahead. All right, okay. In which he discussed the prevailing issues of our time. Colon. Matt Hancock's romantic life. <laughs> <laughs> the prevailing issue. <laughs> Donning a, the polo neck of contrition. <laughs> the polo neck of contrition. Last seen on Dapper's uh, Dapers laughs for a news night appearance in 2014. Hancock explained he had he had had to break his own coronavirus guidance because he fell in love (laughs) of the female aide in question. He explained, we spend a lot of time together, ironically trying to get to come, get me to communicate in a more emotionally intelligent way. I'm sorry, I can't. Man, you know when they say sometimes, just don't explain, just don't explain. Like you don't... No, he wants to explain. No, just don't explain. explain. Listen, no. come here. Come here, let him explain. <laughs> I murdered this person <laughs> because... <laughs> Thank you. I was racist yeah, that, because... Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I was <laughs> In a more intelligent way. Quote finishes, uh, writer writes, Thank you, Alanis. Although it actually has ended up being quite ironic, all that incredible work on his emotional intelligence and Matt still ends up saying it out loud on a day otherwise dominated by a grotesque picture of war and human, human carnage from Ukraine. Then again, perhaps Matt has quite accidentally performed a valuable public service. He has selflessly redeployed as a pressure valve. <laughs> As a pressure valve, providing a useful outlet for all adults, for all adult Brits who have been just itching for a chance to stride on, on to this or that platform and utter the words, for God's sake, did you know there is a war on? (laughs) Okay, all right, let me just stop. I must say, for God's sake, did you know there is a war on? All right, let, let, let me just stop here. This this article is hilarious. Yeah, you're right. It's so well written. And okay, you oh, can read a fantastic. bit more if you want. But I just wanted to say one one small thing. I think perhaps Jordan Peterson was right then when he said men and women can't work 
together. I've told you that you got advice. He gets into this argument, the interview that men and women can't work in the same workplace. I think next time he brings up this argument, he should he should use Hancock as an example, because we spent a, he spent a lot of time together with a female colleague, and that was it. That was just enough. Kamir, uh, Kamir, I, I was just trying to get the message across that the British people need to stay home and you know don't socialize. But then I saw this lady across the room; her eyes met, and. You know, the passion, I, by the way, everybody, you need to check out this video from the CCTV mm-hmm. because it's the most awkward British man <laughs> making out with like some Italian hot chick or something. And he's like, oh, um, hello, <laughs> <laughs> is that your ass? Thank you. Uh, uh, all right. <laughs> so good. It's like, <laughs> but, but yeah, Jordan Peterson, he's right. Men and women can't work. Based on this guy, especially if, and the topic, they were just talking about communication, you know, they weren't like editing, I don't know, some kind of porno scene or something, they were just <laughs> talking about communication, so this guy just needs to be around the female for long enough, and for them to talk about communication, <laughs> and he'll fall in love, like, that's it, <laughs> Like I, I don't get it. I don't get that explanation. We spend a lot of time together. Okay. He talked about COVID. Whenever she mentioned how how infection COVID is, I just, I just thought he brought it. She brought up the word transmitting and social distancing, and I lost it. Not to be sexist. Not to be sexist. I'm sure she was like. Whenever he would talk about, you know, lockdowns, <laughs> I would get a bit, you know, wet down there. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't But anyway, let me continue this fantastic article. So, you know, there is a war on. The answer is that, yes, of course he does. We have to keep podcasting, though. Mm-hmm. It's what separates us from the barbarians. <laughs> I love that so much. We have to keep podcasting. Mm-hmm. It's what separates us from barbarians. Uh, indeed, perhaps mindful that his pre-recorded appearance might clash unflatteringly with events. Matt was outside the Russian embassy in London last week. A visit recorded somewhat idiocentrically by his Twitter account. I say idiocentrically because outside the Russian embassy these days, most people currently photograph what they find there the graffiti, the crowds, the ever-growing number of signs and banners, yet the image posted to Matt's account, perhaps taken by his emotional intelligence <laughs> coach, showed, showed Matt himself talking intently to a protester, protester which a protester much in the manner of queen mother visiting the east end during the blitz which is hugely emotional intelligent from a guy who is after all just another <laughs> random member of the public like them <laughs> that's <laughs> i love that sentence oh my god i love mm-hmm. marina hyde it's fantastic writing still what a difference six weeks makes in january hancock decisions to stage an early morning swim in an icy serpentine resulted in people dismissively comparing him to Vladimir Putin. Mm-hmm. My sadly unreali- unrealizable dream is that all 
this ends in a way which people dismissively compare Putin to Matt Hancock. <laughs> so, Jeez, yeah. There's a fun article that you got to write with that bullshit. Well, some good stuff. Yeah, it's fantastic. She goes on to say... Uh, oh, she moves on to Nigel Farage. And- yeah, yeah. All the, I'm, I'm going to postpone that, uh, sort of fast forward through that. But in the last two paragraphs, she gets to the point that Beat online or in real life, the alarm bells toll most heavily when you get the feeling that the person in question finds war, or rather their idea of it, somehow exhilarating. Perhaps it was always like this, and it's just easier to see now half the world posts their inner monologue. But there seems to be such a fine line between reality and virality. Was the Second World War saddled with politicians like Michael Fabricans, who yesterday announced the RAF Breeze Norton, which is in Oxfordshire, is indeed the front line? I mean, fantastic. Like, she puts it fucking well. Because, last paragraph. Because, no, really, it, because really, it isn't. It's not the war. War is the bloodied woman in Maripol holding a pink bubbled hat frozen in the camera's gaze as a sharp-knelt as a sharp knelt field, the small girl dies in the, in, in the ambulance behind her. Worry some hatchet fate Kremlin general informing military families that the government will pay them 1,100 11, rubles for their dead sons. That's 80 quid now, yeah. less tomorrow. Worries people who this time of this time week go over out in Kiev shops now making Molotov cocktails with their children and yes war can elevate the most ordinary people to do most extraordinary things we want heroes we need heroes and Volodymyr Zelensky and so many Ukrainians have given us them what we have less need of is performances on the home front chaps with best will in the world this one really isn't about you. Man, so, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this lady's articles from now on because just yeah. the way that she writes and everything is just great. And, I mean, she made good points here, so I don't know if she always makes good points, but... Yeah, I, I, it was fantastic article. And in the last bit, because I must say, in the first few days as well, especially, I was somewhat caught up in the whole, like, oh, Russia finally is standing up to America, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, when, you know, she described what war actually is mm-hmm. and you remember from the stories from your parents what war actually was. Yeah, it's, yeah, it is what she says it is. It is not anything. There is nothing glorious. There is nothing. Not at all. Uh, honorable. There is nothing. Yeah. Maybe in defending yourself. Yeah. But nothing war. Nothing war. Okay, Sam, I think that was like the progressive geopolitics segment of our like lives. <laughs> but that was good. A few times we got distracted, moved away from Russia, had to pull us back into Russia and Ukraine. We're ending up in the Middle East, in Argentina, <laughs> Australia, but we went back. Um, so remember do- the Nazis in Africa? <laughs> <laughs> so let's do some quick hitters now. Let's start off with CPAC and State of the Union. So what do you have yeah. for us there? I thought this was a good segue between our geopolitics and quick hitters because it's a bit internal. Because I kind of wanted to say that I feel it's so fascinating because 
in a way, you feel like media is trying to make up for its impotence during Iraq war. I don't know if you got that feeling like during Iraq war, we couldn't do anything. But now, look, this is an invasion. And, you know, uh, oh, but now for once, there is nobody holding us back. We can go out. This is Russia. So, you know, we can yeah. go full out. So there's that. But at the same time, the impotence is so exemplified in things like a State of the Union and the CPAC. Because I think it's in the State of Union, Biden barely touches. I mean, he says Putin is going to be punished or blah, blah, blah. But in the CPAC, I mean, this is from New York Times. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to read from New York Times. So this is just a headline from New York Times. CPAC focuses on culture, grievances, and Trump. At mm -hmm. CPAC, Ukraine and policy take a back seat to cultural grievances. The annual gathering of American conservatives uh, reflected the GOP's shift. Mm -hmm. So as you see there, it's like these new conservatives, in a way, I, I like not that I fucking hate uh, Republican uh, cultural conservatives, racists, majority of them. I mean, there are very few that are focused, okay, on a multicultural nationalism. Okay, I love those guys. But majority of them are racist assholes and I don't like them. But my point is, David Frum, you know, all these fucking parasites, some of them, by the way, Canadian, not even American parasites, that would feed off this sort of, your era is fucking over, you parasites. It's all about culture, wars now. Nobody gives a shit about Ukraine or fucking Iraq or Afghanistan, you know. Biden pulled out of Afghanistan, nobody gives a shit. It's all about the culture of wars now. It's all about, you know, the enemy within. So your era has come to an end, motherfuckers. And so I mean, can't be more glad about it. So you mean politicians don't give a shit, like segments of some politicians? Not, I mean, politicians are a reflection of people. And people are a reflection of the no, but this no. I just want to get concrete reality. to what this article is saying because it, it's a very Not interesting the, I don't observation. Know about this no, no, no. But it's a very interesting observation, right? I didn't watch no, his oh, um, State of the Union either, but also if CPAC didn't, you know, um, focus on a lot of okay. this. I mean, I think it's an interesting observation. So I wanted to just no, no, it is. And I didn't read this article, but the other article that I wanted to read about read mm -hmm. off from. And I thought I found it to be an interesting glimpse into it. So I think it covers about the same thing. So I would, I think it does answer your question. Uh, the article is from The Atlantic. The New Republican Battle Cry by Franklin Four or Four. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. What's quote unquote awake, not woke, reveals about GOP. So I found this interesting, very interesting, because it sort of goes over, it refers to a Russian thing as well. Let's just start. The right-wing media personnel, I mean, but just before I start, try, this is, I mean, besides if it's a right article, the points are right or wrong, it was very well-written article and a fucking fantastic fun read. So check it out. The right-wing media personality, Candice Owens, wants to warn the conservative movement about horny bears. Okay. In fact, she's been waiting for five years to relay a factoid she promised will unlock everything. Strolling the stage at Orlando's Rosen Shingle Creek Resort, 
Owens finally has her chance to address the true believers who have come to the annual Conservative Political Action Conference, or CPAC, and she's going to seize the moment. Nature, she says, is not the pleasant place that the woke media leads down the road that Disney would have you believe. Because as we all know, Disney, somebody whose early movies all included the bad character who had a nose like that <laughs> and were all like obsessed with making deals. Like, yeah, he was woke. He was not an anti-Semite. He was not anything like that. He was a woke person. Quote, quote, uh, male bears actually kill their cops. She tells the audience, which, which doesn't quite know how to react. I, I Same here. I'm audience. not too sure where yeah. to go here. <laughs> Can you imagine you're at a political conference and all right, fantastic. This Candice Owens. All right, all right. Bears killed her. Oh, okay. Bells killed her. Okay. All right. Which uh, doesn't quite know how to react. It's just like humans. She adds. Uh, just before moving on. Camille, you're married. Are you planning to murder your firstborn child? Or is that like a 50-50 situation? What's I mean, that? I'm not saying anything until I'm like a bit more clear <laughs> what is going on, like where, where, where we're going. I, I'm... <laughs> you might, so you might kill your cop. Let okay. me hear what she has okay, to say. Yes, I don't know. I'm glad. I, I thought it's very unlikely that anybody would even say that. But okay, Candy Story. Well, I've never heard. I like fuck. to keep an open mind. Where <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of going. A bit yeah, it's, you know, I really, yeah, it's it just us take people just before they sacrifice their child to the sun god. They would also, they always said, I like to keep an open mind. You never know how this thing could go. But yeah, anyways, uh, it's just like humans, she adds. When a female bear gives birth and are nursing their cubs, they cannot go into heat, uh, quote finishes. And here comes the really weird part. She announces, if a nursing mother loses her cub, the lactation will stop and she will want... I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't keep track. She lactation will stop and she will once again become receptive to breeding. So male bears kill their cubs for sex. Really? That's what it comes down to. So by the way, that is the exact quote from her. She gave that a speech to a bunch of people. I mean, they're the ones who invited her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, Camille, now, how about now? Are you going to be, are you, for your firstborn? She makes half a good point. Where is that? Okay, this is the article, not quote anymore. Okay, it turns out it's not just humans, but the point is that mama bears will offend of horny dads to protect their cubs and that's just what conservative women are doing they're fending off the likes of Anthony Fauci who wants to inject their uh, kids with never-ending doses of COVID vaccines who instruct their parents to put off filthy cloth over the mouth of their innocent child and who teach students quote to ju judge one another on the very basis of their skin. I mean, look, I'm not a big fan of Anthony Fauci. I think as soon as he said the whole, you know, uh, 
I am science thing. He was, mm-hmm. as, as far as I was concerned, he was over. And even before that, Elida and all that. But what the fuck is she talking about? I have no idea. Yeah, and let's just stop here. I mean, I don't even... You, you, what, what do you mean? You, like, you don't want to hear more from her? <laughs> sure, read a few more quotes from her here and there. But I mean, if not, there's just... Well, she talks about that... Uh, you know, uh, I like this, this is part. one of those things, you know, like someone tells you. Right? Oh, in Owen's description, the woke elite have a pedophilic tendencies. They are sexualizing children by asking them to think about their gender identity. <laughs> I mean, come on. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's a variation of a theme that I keep hearing as I move from event to event at CPAC. Ben Carson, who was oh Donald Trump's... <laughs> Just move quickly to Ben Carson. Okay, put all that aside. Just go to Ben Carson's quote, please, right away. I love your reaction. You're like, oh my God. Oh, oh shit. No, just read Ben Carson's quote right there. Call the SWAT team. Yeah. Just read right there from in preschool. This is from this is apparently from Ben Carson. Go ahead. Ben Carson, who was Donald Trump's Secretary of Housing and Urban Developments, described a progressive's guest told. Jessalt, I don't know how to pronounce that, as child abuse. Granted, his examples don't quite seem to match the force of his metaphor. In, in preschool, quote, they have these books about these worms. <laughs> they say the worms can be male or female. They make the worms seem like really cool individuals. What are they doing? They are, plant- they are planting the seeds. Oh my God, Camir! I hope when you have a child, you protect them from the stories about worms. Okay, and, and the fact that- oh my God, this, this person wrote an entire book. Oh, the Jesus person who wrote Christ. the article. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Jesus Christ! I mean, the, the art. Like, I mean, the-, the article is good though. It's making fun I of. I would have. I think the article is good, but it would have been maybe even better if it was just like a thread of all these quotes. Like, because you don't, you, you don't need like everything that she's writing connecting the points. There have been like all the messed up things that were said at. Because he said this at CPAC as well, right? Yeah, yeah. And I like to point out just because I don't want to torture you anymore. But there is also uh, sections regarding uh, Danish Danish D'Souza, one of the most this like reprehensible like. Eh, a leech, he... a leech. Like I'm, I'm sure. Actually, I, I say that, but the leech community will be very mm-hmm. angry at me, and I'm sure they'll mm-hmm. sue me over this. But a real parasite and a leech, Danish D'Souza, like a most disgusting, uneducated piece of shit there can be. Really, there is a bit about him, so check that out for sure. Do you want? To let, should I? You can find. You can <laughs> look at the D'Souza <laughs> part if you really want. But I mean, I'm just blown away. Uh, okay, okay, I won't do the. All right, let me. Okay, I read two parts. Let me. The last time I attended CPAC was in 1999, back oh. back when it was held in a drab room in a Crystal City, Virginia hotel. Maybe then somebody bothered with the placing American flag behind the podium. Certainly there was no swirling spotlight coming from the ceiling. No slick advertisement for Danish D'Souza documentaries playing between speakers. To get a small crowd with a good energy, 
college kids were <laughs> bust into town. It was like a middle school play compared to the Super Bowl halftime show that CPAC has become. So I just wanted to, you know, talk about that. Yeah, no, and that's then, interesting. So hold, hold on right there, though. So her point is yeah. that, you know, CPAC and stuff have even become more commercialized. More, than, yeah. For sure. Just bigger, yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. it's less garbage, you know. I don't know. Maybe maybe this would... No, the, ar- the article is really good. Yeah. The article is really good. I wanted to... I loved her bit about the whole fucking Candice Owen and her thing about bears and how dangerous the bears are. <laughs> but you saw, by the way, and Candace Owen's interview, apparently, right? With, the, with Trump, with, with Trump's son. Oh, my God. That was great. <laughs> that was great. Uh, I mean, the best part was when she asked, who do you want to meet? Like, who's your favorite yeah. person to meet? And he answered, who? Do you remember? Yeah, he said Jesus, right? Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> and, and then she was like, what are you going to ask Jesus? Yeah, that's, and then he was yeah, like, that was the funny part. That was the funny part. What yeah, are you yeah. going to ask Jesus? The election fraud in 2020. <laughs> Not, not about the fact they see like meaning of life god you know the fact that uh, there's a mortal being <laughs> all of that no the fucking what happened what, what god what the fuck man why did you let <laughs> or, all right just because it was a great article let me read the last paragraph as he enters the room every phone flips to its side so that it can capture the moment in landscape mode, even though most in the crowds are witnessing a performance they've seen many times before. Trump has been coy about his intentions for 2024, but there has been enough chatter about his potential successor that he feels the time has come to crush their hopes. We did it twice. (laughs) We'll do it again, Trump blares. We are going to be doing it again a third time. His intent is unmistakable. It brings the crowd back to its feet, arms punching the air. Let's, <laughs> lest anyone get any ideas, the moment is his and he's alone. And in the end, by the way, we like most of our show is made like to make fun of liberals and leftists to an extent even that are so naive about stuff. But in a way, like... I mean, the naivest of the naive are the right wing. If, like, I mean, you guys are the biggest suckers. You fall for this, guys, you know? And we don't talk about it because it's just so fucking obvious. Yeah. But the suckers are just of the suckers. Like, like you fall for fucking, I mean, Chapo Trapas guys always talk about this, that Donald Trump gave a a speech about about hair spray to fucking miners in like Wisconsin or something. And you're like, oh my God, how much of a sucker you can be? You're like, this guy is the most goody two shoe CC piece of shit. Like, oh, the hair spray is not holding my hair as well. And then you guys, anyway, yeah, sorry. 